start. Sooners of Oklahoma at 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is up, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barry and Mac Show. Today is the day Damien and myself give you the conference champion picks for this upcoming football season. We pick the Big 12. We do bring up the college football playoff, but we never quite get to it. The conversation ends up going a bunch of different directions. You all are going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for all of the awesome feedback to help more people find the show. Please make sure to go to iTunes, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you can review and rate the podcast. Please go there and do so. It's helping grow the show so darn fast. We cannot thank you enough. If you haven't, we got a bunch of stuff on the horizon as we have talked about before. Make sure to go follow the Instagram at the Barry and Mac Show. Twitter is at Barry and Mac SHW. I know, kind of weird. Our Instagrams at Dame That Dude. That's D A M E T H A D D U D E. Make sure to go follow. And then mine is at B Wise Fitness. That's at the letter B W I S E Fitness. We cannot thank you all enough. Enjoy the show. Well, we'll go down the list here. Who are your picks? We'll start with the ACC first. I'm curious to know if you got any any sleepers in there. You can even give me who your two are playing for the championship. But I'd like to know who who's your pick this year winning the conference for the ACC. Got Clemson winning it. I'm going to be paying close attention to the U. It'll be fun to see what those guys. I I want them to just have a a spectacular season and and just implode from the inside out that'd just be that would just warm my heart to see (laughs) but the university of miami they've got the right guy in place crystal ball i think is a a great pickup for them Mm -hmm. obviously fertile recruiting grounds obviously they've got some swag and history that they can uh you know go back and kind of use as a leveraging point but in 2022 clemson's the cream of the crop i i a crop excuse me i i anticipate they will win the uh the conference this year Dark horse for me, and they're not really a dark horse. They're an up and comer. It's 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 the University of Miami. Man, I got one, and this is mainly just because of the offense they're bringing in. But man, be on the lookout a little bit for Virginia, and they brought also brought in the strength coach who was the assistant under Golly, I forget his name is at Clemson. Comes in okay. as the head man at Virginia. And I know a little bit internally about this situation, but this guy has flipped that program. You obviously don't have the infrastructure and the the backing to turn it into a Clemson. But if not even this year, I would not be surprised if they if they take a nice little turn in that positive direction. In no way do I think they're competing for a conference championship, but Division wise, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they're sitting third kind of deal. What's that Eastern Division? So is it VA, yep. Tech, U of M, Florida State? Who else is in, who, is um, in Maryland? Is Big East, Big Ten now? Uh, the uh, BCs and the other BC, one. BC, BC is yeah. not East. BC is no, not B- East. 
Yeah, they go. No, yeah, BC's with Clemson. Yeah. Oh, Georgia Tech and Duke. Forget Georgia Tech and Duke. That's right. Yeah. And North Carolina's in there too. I think North Carolina will probably have a dip. Now, the ACC, it is East and West. It's not North and South, correct? It's like Atlantic and Coastal is what they do. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I. I just don't know enough about them. Here's what I know. They generally lack the question you asked me, how many dudes do you need to be championship caliber? They generally lack the number of dudes. Like they don't have enough dogs. So they get the culture in place. They got, they got enough recruiting in that part of the country to, to really do something. I, uh, I just don't know if they got enough to overcome one a Clemson and or Miami who's on the uptick. To me, they're a middle of the road. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll be paying attention since you said that. And yeah, I'll look, give you Tony feedback. Elliott's the guy there now coming from Clemson. Just I think their team again, they realistically, I'm definitely hopeful because I'm rooting for some guys there. So part there's a little bit of Homer bias <laughs> right there. So I will say that. I'm I, I kind of get how you feel, man. When you got guys who like you're invested in, you feel for those. So I understood like how you feel about how hypo, man. Like you you cheer for guys to do well, but I think Tony Elliott coming in there from Clemson um, as their new head coach is going to bring something very interesting. He was obviously very successful at Clemson. I'm curious, and we won't make this too long and drawn out. Do, do you think Dabo still succeeds despite the loss of all these really big key cogs in that program? I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, has Saban continued to succeed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you when go. you got a system in place and you've got a you've got a vision that's clear, yeah, I, I don't know that Clemson. I think Clemson caught lightning in a bottle for a four year period with D Watson and the rest of those guys. I don't. I, I think they're going to be a player in the foreseeable future for sure because they've got a lot of things in place that are going to keep them rolling. But I don't think they're going to fall back to nine and three or eight and four. I think they're going to definitely generally be a ten and two, eleven and one, and then on on certain years if they got a cue that that can spin it and get the guys the ball they'll be in the, in the conversation for natties for sure there you go all right moving down big 10 dmac who you got man come on man this is the one conference where it's not even close like michigan was like total you know i don't even know what the hell you call that 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 was kind of like a bridesmaid kind of a token i think they won the conference last year but no yep. one expected, but does anybody anticipate they're going to win it this year? I don't. Uh, definitely got Ohio State. I'm a whiskey guy. You know what I'm saying? Dark horse. Whiskey's always playing fundamental football. They they generally get out athleted by uh, um, uh, Ohio State because they they Ohio State tries to run the football down their throat. They can't because whiskey's got some backers and they and they've got some guys who don't mind sticking their nose in there. But then Ohio State says, okay. We're just going to throw the fade and your four, six corners can't match with our four, three receivers, <laughs> all four. Of them. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, but I like what they've got coming back. They've got a good foundation in the O-line. Uh, and, and by the way, Ohio State's my team. Whiskey's my dark horse. Mm, okay. Uh, definitely going with Ohio State there too. Um, man, Michigan, even in a season where that was, pr- that was definitely the best team they fielded in years, they still needed so many dominoes to fall right they had games that they barely escaped yeah. they were not better than ohio state as a as a football team when, when they beat ohio state in the last game of the year that felt like a 
like a pride game of they have whooped our ass so many years that we are going to we finally have a team we're on the brink of making a college football playoff which i feel like people have forgotten they were in the playoff last year um (laughs) so i mean that kind of tells you where they're at you still probably got to put them there uh just real quick nebraska and i mainly ask this because they're on the schedule this year do you think this is Frost's last go at it this year part of um right kind of the hypo phenomena you know um national championship quarterback he had some success in in central florida uh even oregon did well no well i think it depends They've got they've got to have a winning season. They've got to be in some form of contention in the division at least. You know, I keep hearing all these people talking about, oh, well, there were like nine games we almost won, bro. You lost. Like this is football, dude. Like we, <laughs> there's no gray area, man. At the end of the game, four quarters in, sixty minutes is over. Either you won or you lost. You guys lost. I don't give a damn if you lost by six points or whatever it was that they their average loss was. Mm. I think Frost, I think they give him another year unless he, unless they, you know, they're five and six or something like that. I think he, I think he, he just put the home, the hometown kind of a benefit of the doubt. I think he cranks out a seven and five and eight and four and, and, and maybe wins a couple of recruiting battles. By the way, we need to beat that ass in, in Lincoln because there's a kid who we are in a very close recruiting battle with that, uh, I want to say he's in he's in their backyard, so we need to make sure that kid knows who's who's Papa and who's little bro. We gotta sun them. We gotta you know we gotta Ooh. sun those guys. But uh, I, I I hope he gets another season. I think Frost is good for Nebraska. I think Nebraska is a program where if they don't have a name, a homegrown guy, they could very well be Minnesota in the next five to twelve years. Ooh. So yeah, I I definitely hope. He, that he keeps respectability because man, when I was in high school, Barry, Nebraska, what's the kid's name? Beringer was his name. Beringer, the the guy who passed away, who came after uh, Tommy Frazier. He was number eighteen, and then Frost came after him. Oh yeah, and then after him was cr- yeah, uh, yeah. He was Frost was amazing. Obviously, Tommy was amazing. But I believe his name was Beringer, and and somebody will will let me know if I was right or wrong. Oh, freaking stud! Ooh, they had they man those Nebraska teams, some of the best all time for sure. Yeah, Brooke Beringer. Ah, I, I knew it was. Pull it up. Yep, you were Thank right. You, yeah, man. Brooke Beringer. Wanted to give, give the man his respect there. Make sure. <laughs> By the we, way, we R.I.P. to that gentleman. R.I.P. to him. Yeah, and I I will tell you this real quick. Your five play deal that we talked about one of the first pods how five plays impact the game i i got tweeted a link to a video that i had on youtube and it was a a spencer rattler caleb williams comp but it was it was spencer in the nebraska game and i went back and watched a little more of that game just for kicks and giggles i don't know if that five play thing has ever been more true than in that game the if if a couple <laughs> yeah, a series a totally good taste case study for sure. If a couple plays, I mean, yeah. I'm talking a very few go a different way. Yeah, man. Yeah, the OU's looking at an L in that game. Watch this. How about five plays, both K State losses and the Iowa State loss? Go look at those Lincoln Riley teams. 
when we play K-State and they have these five magical plays where uh, we fumble the ball going in to score a touchdown, we throw an uninterrupted pick. Like we're winning the games by like 150, 200 yards, but there's five plays where a guy's running free or breaks two tackles and we lose those games. Mm. Someone was saying this on national media coverage and I kind of, I kind of like chuckled and it was like a, it may have been like an NFL sportscaster or analyst. And they were like, you know, no football is generally running five or, you know, I was like, damn, that's crazy. That, that whole philosophy Bob taught us definitely is something that other circles talk about as well. But that yeah. Nebraska game B is, is 100, man, we got some, by the way, those were, would you say they were generally lucky? Like we kind of got lucky. Oh, easily. <laughs> yes. I mean, Rattler, as many mistakes as he had in that game, yeah. he nearly had twice as many yeah. where they just didn't make just didn't yeah. make the play. Sure. Right. If it wasn't, you know, Mario Williams had a few great plays in that. Yeah. DJ Graham also obviously has his his pick, which was very the, the highlight is really cool. But that play was very critical at that time yeah. because that was. That was a driving possession. They were on OU side of the field. The, if that play does not happen, man, I don't know. And Iowa State that same year, like last year, Iowa yep. State, same deal, right? Just just a few a few different uh, plays going a different way, man. Uh, let's go to the uh, pack. What uh, whatever it is, let's, yeah, we'll <laughs> save the big Big Twelve for last. Shout out to me for deciding to leave the pack because I was hell bent on playing in the pack as a kid coming up in Cali. So none of those places look fun to me anymore. <laughs> um, the pack tends Utah, Oregon, and everybody else. I don't want to hear anything about this USC. Da-da-da. They gotta, they get, they gotta be able to win in the trenches. We gotta be able to link in year one should have a lot of success because people won't know his stuff that well. But really, all you gotta do is run a shell coverage. You rush three and. And 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 run a couple inside dogs and outside dogs and keep three safeties back and and take away the hole. Link kills you in the hole. If you can't cover the hole, he's gonna kick your ass. Guys running across the field and he likes to hit them in the hole 12, 14, 16 yards down the field. You cover that up, he's in trouble. I've got Utah. Um, I love their brand of football. I love their culture. They've got a very defined and clear culture. Obviously, uh, with your boy from Georgia coming over to Oregon and the way they're recruiting mm-hmm. and the way they have been recruiting. Um, I anticipate Oregon to take up a level of physicality, bringing that SEC kind of uh, culture to the Pacific Northwest. And and I think the USC's and Stanford's and everybody else, or the the, the, the UW's, I think those guys will be uh, the second tier in the pecking order of the conference. I'd say Utah as well. I mean, they've just, they've built such a good culture at that program just foundationally what they're about what they believe in that is the type of culture that needs to be present if you wanted to that program could potentially be a next level program if their recruiting went up a solid notch and a half just with culture and what they have as their winning attitude they they play very physical they are a lot of people uh, kind of compare them to to the k-states or iowa states in the big 12 and, and you know obviously talking about riley having issues with those teams very likely going to be the case but just in general as as a program with oregon being kind of right there with them that those have really been the two guys 
you know, college football has really turned into a, the talent has been consolidated in these conferences to the top. It feels, even though there's more guys available that are good, generally good players, the, the really good talent seems to get consolidated. It feels like almost now more than ever. Um, and these programs have sort of figured it out, but going with, with Utah there too. So we've got ACC, Big Ten. Let's go SEC, man. How are we feeling about that this year? Does anybody besides Georgia or Alabama run that show this year? Georgia gets too much props as far as I'm concerned. They've recruited well. Uh, they finally got them over the hump, the hump uh, winning a big game. I, I do not admire They've got too much to replace. I know they've got dudes behind dudes. I got you, but uh, it's not as if they've just done it for five, seven, ten years. So I've got Bama. I love their front seven. It is ridiculous. Uh, I'm excited about. Uh, I like their Q man, and for 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 a small period of time, uh, I thought he was going to be a sooner. You know, he mm-hmm. was he was really looking at OU for a while. I don't remember what happened with Link, but yeah, he was a kid that we looked at for. Your time, I always thought he was slight. The kid's a gamer. Bama's going to win it. I don't think it's going to be close. I think they're going to take it personal that Georgia won the game that mattered the most last year. I kind of like the hierarchy of excellence in in the SEC to stay to stay the same because BV's brand of football is designed to beat the Alabama style of football, and obviously they 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 won their fair share in the Clemson Bama battles. So I want Bama to be the top dog and and people paying attention to Bama when we get into that conference because we are building our team to beat that brand of football. And I see the the, the players coming in that are going to be deployed to get that done. So I've got Bama and I already told you my dark horse in the conference. Obviously, um, it's it's a huge reach, but I, I, again, they have a lot of things working in their advantage. I'm going to be optimistically excited to watch Tenneke. And see what Josh had. Yeah, I call them Tenneke. Don't ask. <laughs> I'm gonna be optimistically excited to see what Josh is doing. I think he's gonna turn the turn the corner this year. I'm not saying that because he's my cue. By the way, the best ball that I caught at OU comes from J Dub, and I and I've said it for years. Josh was a general, five star general, one thousand percent. Josh hurt his elbow both years. The second year was really, 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 really bad. The first year we kind of saw it, but the second year was bad. But J Dub threw the best ball. So I, this ain't like a Josh, we want Josh to do well. This is, I think he's got some pieces and he's got a lot of uh, intangibles in place out in Tennessee. They want a winning program. And I think if he doesn't do well this year, he, he could be in a little bit of trouble. So I think that urgency is going to help kick him in the butt. And Tennessee is going to have a nine and three. They're going to have a season similar to Arkansas the first half of last year with, uh, with O. Pittman, my O-line coach at OU. But I like 10, 10 key as a dark horse. I also like Arkansas in the, in the West, uh, but I think Bama is going to beat the brakes off everybody. What do you think, and and you you may not kind of know what they've had before, totally fine, uh, but South Carolina, bringing in Rattler, oh, yeah. bringing in Stogner, yeah, yeah. Where, do the, where do they fit? You know, what's funny is, is for a quick second, I had a brain fart and I was like, man, South Carolina is going to make some noise in the AC. Er, they're definitely SEC. And uh, I had to remind myself that they've got, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, here's the thing that I know. You ready? Rattler's the cue. Yeah. So just the body of work, he regressed. Granted, 
we now know why a part of that was Lincoln was kind of one foot in, one foot out. But I just his body language, his lack of um, like tangible leadership skills. And I'm not talking about the ones four years into the program, like sometimes like freshmen can come in and have leadership skills. J-Dub came in in 01 and had leadership skills. Like we're like, oh, damn. okay, J-Dub, I see you. So he doesn't have that. And I think it was noticeable even when he was a, a, a high school quarterback and he was on that 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 show that was on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So I want to see if he's matured. Um, but I got to tell you, man, those boys next couple of years, they're going to be a fun team to watch. I just worry that coach is going to go take another. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at V tech in two to three years to take over his dad's program. Interesting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't see, I don't, I don't know who has ever gone to South Carolina and said, this is my dream job, especially a legacy to a hall of fame coach at V tech. It makes sense to me that he leverages this shows because he just needs to be eight and four. If he's eight and four at South Carolina, VTech's going to be opening the checkbook to get him to come and continue the tradition that his pops created. I, I agree. And it's probably easier. I mean, I don't even think that it is objectively easier to build a sustainable program there at Virginia Tech than at South Carolina. Even There's good talent pool in that area and you're in the SEC, but I, Virginia Tech, like when you got to Oklahoma, like yeah. they were... They yeah. were about it, right? Michael, Michael Vick, and yeah, yeah, man. So it's been interesting seeing, like, every year that Miami Virginia Tech game was must see. Yeah, every year, and it's just not that anymore. Uh, so last one, and we'll obviously go into more next week. The Big Twelve, man, where do we stand? <laughs> what I'm happens? Biased. I'm biased. Like, come on, I, I think <laughs> I think anybody can finish this statement. Here's what I will say. Here, here, here is my. Uh, uh, my pick. You ready? Okay. You ready? And and here's the deal. This one is the odds are maybe fifty. I say the odds are probably 50-50. Like you know, it's like ooh, this is gonna be kind of like a a nail wrencher. This is gonna be one where everybody's gonna be trying to figure out like, is it gonna happen this year? Is it finally gonna happen this year? But Barry, in the year twenty twenty two, this is the season that the University of Texas beats Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> we got a streak going, man. We got us. I think it's been brought up in every pod. Oh, and, oh, oh, hundred percent. The fans appreciate it. <laughs> That's funny. Texas think, will get over the hump. I think I'm not willing to bet on it, but I do believe Sark will figure out a way to not get 50 points scored on him. Oh, they're going to be playing in Lawrence this year. Hmm, yeah. Maybe I take that back. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas beat them. Lawrence. <laughs> oh, they beat them in Austin. They put 59 or something on them. So oh. crazy. Um, obviously, I think we're the cream of the crop. I, I love, I absolutely love that they're not slobbered, knobbing us. I think it's good that the guys, things are quiet. There's a lot of question. I think it's good that Texas is recruiting and they're getting a lot of benefit of the doubt for coordinators slash who moved to, to head coach who has a very similar resume to BV, except without the drama and the losing seasons. It's crazy. Um, but uh, I think it's going to put a chip on their shoulder. Um, there are a couple guys that I know 
film has said over the course of three years that these guys were getting playing time because of seniority. So week zero, there will be a couple position battles that I'm going to be zeroing in on. If you guys know, then most of you guys do. I am plugged into OU depth and and scheme and all that. So I'm going to be looking. I'm not going to talk about those today, but there's a couple position battles where the film just says this guy hasn't been able to get it done for three years. And with the new regime, I'm going to be excited to see if Coach BV says, hey, dude, I'm playing the dude who's going to get the job done versus the kid who's played for 17 years. Um, and if that is rectified, there's a couple positions where the better player is playing. I think it makes a huge, a huge difference. Mm. I don't know. what's Listen, with Link, we knew we were going to lose a game. Yeah, we just—it was a matter of who. We just knew it, right? We had, by the way, we had no business losing to Baylor. I don't care. I get the 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 stomach ache and this and that, whatever. We shouldn't have lost to Baylor. That was not that Big Twelve Championship Baylor team was probably the bottom three Big Twelve Championship team in the history of the Big Twelve. Go find three Big Twelve Championship teams that couldn't have beat that Baylor team. You, I guarantee you, you won't find any. Probably some of them are overachieving OU teams from some of our down years where we found a way to win. To keep, to be frank with you, yeah. But but that wasn't a great team that won the conference. It was just a great coached team who knew who they were and 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 battled to their strengths. But I don't see a game we like. Oh man, you know, Link, you knew. Damn it, we're gonna lose. Where's K State? On damn it, where's Iowa State? Okay, we're gonna lose to one of those two. But I, it'll be interesting to see. The Saturday after Texas, I don't care if we win 32 to 28 or if we win 63 to 14 again, the, the, the Saturday after Texas will let us know if OU is one recruiting cycle and one more year of culture development away from playing with the Bamas of the world with our top, our frontline guys and two to three cycles away from playing with them. We're, we're Georgia, we're Georgia West, Ooh. like straight up. We're, we're that close. Dark Horse. I mean, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a uh, Joey, I'm, you know, I, I went to Cedar Hill. All right. So mm. I'm a Joey fan. Um, okay. They've got some difference makers. Uh, they got a receiver who's a killer. They got a D lineman who is severely underrated. I think he's the best D lineman in the conference. Um, and Joey just knows how to create culture. He knows how to galvanize. He knows how to uh, just provide confidence and and I have a feeling in year one, he's the kind of guy who can turn a culture in a way where people believe. I, and they're recruiting pretty well. So my dark horse is tech. I don't have a lot of respect for the other schools in the conference. I don't think I'm not I don't I don't love TCU. Um Oklahoma State, you got me messed up. Um Kansas and Kansas State. I don't think I don't think we're going to have the same issues with K-State with a BV coach team. Like we a severely undermanned team should not play with us consistently. Iowa State's going to be interesting. I think we have them in Ames again. And, yeah. and, and obviously they, they, uh, they, you know, they've got a culture in place. I think I, I, I'd be willing to bet. And, and obviously I'll reserve my right to change my opinion later on down the road. I be, I bet we beat Baylor by, by three scores. Interesting. This is where the big change will be. And I think fans will notice this and four or five games in, we'll be saying this, the games where they were up 23 to 13 at halftime in the stoops area era, that ends up being 
a 37 to 17 win or a 37 yeah. to that that's what that looks like in the Riley yeah. era that's a 30 27 final or we may lose or you may lose i don't think you're going to see as many of those you're going to see those 10 point halftime leads because of the conditioning of the team the physicality yeah. of the team yeah. you're going to see those be 17 point 24 point comfortable wins against your TCUs your hopefully Baylor's right yeah. the 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 team the Kansas States yeah. OU should always be 21 17 to 21 points Baylor than K, better than K State every year well, the thing is, we were. We just didn't play up to it. And what those teams could do to us, Barry, is they could out-physical us. And, and that's why I'm confident that you, you hit the nail on the head. A Baylor coach team is not going to out-hit us anymore. We don't have to worry about it, right? K-State out-hit us for four straight years. I think we went two and two in those four years, but all four years they out-hit us. They out-hit us. They did. They were more physical. They knew their jobs and were and were assignment-ready. And man, we we got our asses kicked a couple times against those teams. Even in the games we barely lost, they beat us up. It ain't happening in the BV. I'm just telling you, it's not happening. Their quarterbacks are going to be on the sidelines crying. Okay, when we find an old lineman that there's a weakness, he has short arms. He he can't kick step. He you know he's not a, he's not a good enough athlete to to bend and compete with a PJ or compete with a a Grimes or an, or an Ethan Downs. Brent's going to bring more pressure to that side. I'm just telling, like, you know what I'm saying? He's going to say, hey, guys, corners, walk up to one yard. Safeties, you play at 15. Uh, one of you guys rob right on the snap of the ball. The other one stay deep. Be the deepest man on the field. Backers, play your assignment and go get the quarterback. We're not going to do this soft and light and give quarterback confidence. And I'm just telling you, BV is going to make offensive coordinators mind spin in circles. Let's go. I mean – Everybody, Oklahoma is obviously my pick um, as well, right? We're, we're an OU biased podcast to an extent, but we try and be honest. We'll see what happens with Texas. We'll see if they've mustered enough talent to make something happen, but just still don't see it as many freshmen as they're going to have on that offensive line, as bad as their defense has been. I just don't know if it's happening. Well, Damien, anything you want to say before uh, we, we jump on out of here, man? Yeah, a couple of things. Number one, guys, always appreciative. This is, man, I, I just enjoy doing this. We always say we're going to do an hour and we do like three. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> Love it. Uh, number two is we're looking forward to uh, doing some stuff in season. Uh, we're we're, we're going to finish out this, this deal for the preseason kind of a deal. And then we're going to come back and we're thinking about doing some YouTube stuff and, and alignment. We're thinking about, there's some things in the horizon that are, that are uh, on deck. I want to shout out all of you guys, guys that never imagined in, in, in our first month of doing this, we'd have over 10,000 downloads, which is crazy. Like that's unbelievable to me. I didn't care if we had 10, if we had 10 downloads, we were going to do this because it was fun. And it seems to me like we've got something here that uh, the, 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 the OU community, is excited about it and we want to continue to deliver um but last but not least man everyone stay safe lots of stuff going on right now just uh had a couple other friends you know deal with some almost uh very tragic situations and then obviously some of the stuff we're seeing guys be be safe take care of your family watch your chitlins um and man we're just a couple of weeks away from OU football i know we're all excited to see our sooners go out there and uh hold down that interlocked OU and the crimson and cream Ooh, let's go, man. Well, 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Make sure that you go rate and review the show. Uh, would love to. I mean, maybe one day we, I know a lot of pods do it. Maybe we'll read some of them on the air. Who knows? We'll figure something out. But we really want to and incite you guys to go rate and review the pod for the algorithm. And we've been doing pretty good in the algorithm. Maybe we'll get into that one day. But we've been doing pretty good there. The more you all do that, the more it helps the show. So please make sure you do um, go like us on the Instagrams at the Barry and Max show um, at Dame that dude and at be wise fitness. Uh, thank you guys so much. We cannot wait to talk to you all again. We'll see you later. And the upstart Sooners of Oklahoma at 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide.